What's going on, everybody? Wesley Shoemaker, Aaron Parker, back today with another episode of the Blue Gold Sports Podcast. Yes, we admit it has been a little while since we last have talked, but we are back for the summer, back in full swing, uh, going forward for the remainder of 2023. Obviously, the big news of the year, I'll say, is Bob Huggins is no longer the head men's basketball coach at West Virginia University. This comes after he was arrested for driving under the influence in Pittsburgh on Friday evening, and this is not his first incident this offseason, which I think was probably the nail in the coffin. So just your overall reaction, we'll start with that, Aaron, just to Hugs's legacy, I guess, but also him no longer being on the sidelines with the stool come November. Yeah, it's very unfortunate how presumably his career ended, but um, it happened the way it happened, and um, you can't you can't fault the university after after the first mistake in keeping him uh, when he was already on thin ice doing something like this. You can't fault them for wanting to move on. Um, it's just really a shame how this career has ended. He spent 15 plus years at his alma mater, the place he loves, wanted so badly to bring a national championship to the state. Um, nobody got it more than hugs. The uh, understanding of what it means to be a Mountaineer, to coach the Mountaineers and to represent our state, uh, to represent the 1.8 million. So he is disappointed. I am disappointed as the rest of the fan base and the university is, but um, you got to move forward in whatever capacity that is. Um, and it's going to be fast, but I do have um, faith in Rim Baker and the university at this point, but it's going to be a tough hire. Yeah, for me, it's it's sort of it's sort of odd to see him go, right? Because when you probably thought to yourself, how was how is his career going to end? You thought of basically they're going to roll out every single red carpet you could for him. They probably would have given him a statue, named the court after him, done some sort of big thing or multiple big things when he eventually called it quits. And I think I even might've sent you a text, Aaron, but as soon as I heard about this, you kind of figured it was the end of the road. Uh, two incidents within two months and neither is good in the slightest. Um, let's not let's not try and act casually about what he was doing. He could have hurt himself or he could have hurt other people Um and he's very lucky he didn't. So from that point on, it's now of the next era of West Virginia men's basketball. It's been a while since we've been in this limbo, and it feels that we kind of could have maybe seen it coming after the whole Xavier radio incident. However, now it's here and now it's arrived. And so there's a lot of things that go into this, right? There is the are we going to carry on Hugs's coaching legacy with someone who was on his staff, with someone who was on his staff previously, but now is a head coach elsewhere? Or are we going to completely turn the page, shut off Hugs from West Virginia men's basketball, and look elsewhere? And with that, there's also the idea of you had a really talented roster, top to bottom, for this upcoming season. And you could see a lot of those guys now walk out the door, which people paid big money for. That's no secret. People rolled out the bag um, for some of these guys and their name, image, and likeness deals, 
And here we are at a spot where we don't know who's going to possibly stay. And some guys could stay for one coach and leave for others. And so you're kind of facing a short-term decision with this team based off a long-term decision of wanting to have another Hugs-esque run with someone. And so it's kind of hard to exactly draw the line at what you want to happen if you're Ren Baker. And that's probably the whole dilemma in all of this is what do you value more or what do you think you can try and mix of the short-term versus long-term success? Absolutely. Um, I think in his first year on the job, I feel like Rim Baker has been put in such a hard position because of the mistakes, the recent mistakes of Bob Huggins. Um, I do believe that they didn't clash and they had a pretty good relationship, but regardless, Huggins put uh, Baker in kind of two bad situations. Um, but if you listen to his, he had an interview with uh, Tony Caridi and the guys with three guys before the game, and he kind of talked, and this was before the DUI. This was after the radio comments, but before the DUI. So at this point, Huggins' job was safe. They made the decision, you know, we're going to run it back with Hugs at this point for the next year. But he had talked about having a list of coaches, um, even if for any sport, even if your coach is, you know, what you think to be a lockdown coach, you don't think you're going to have to get rid of him. You don't think he's going to retire. Um, but for any sport, he has a list of coaching candidates. Um, if something were to happen, if somebody were to retire, if something bad were to happen, or if somebody needed to get removed from their position. Um, so I do have faith in that, but um, there's going to be, if you make one decision, um, guys could leave. Um, but if you make another one with hugs ties with a guy like Andy, Andy Kennedy from UAB or Jared Calhoun from Youngstown State, there's speculation that guys might stay, but nobody knows. That's the thing. Yeah, you bring up Andy Kennedy and Jared Calhoun. So let's let's talk about a couple of these guys that have been rumored to at least be in talks with the athletic department and the higher ups at WVU. Andy Kennedy, he's the first name that probably everyone thought of as soon as Hugs got fired. I know I thought of him. I know many others thought of him and Simple, simple fact is he's the he was he's the head coach at UAB right now. Uh, everyone knows this. West Virginia's played UAB each of the last two years. Andy Kennedy and Hugs' relationship has been brought up each time they have played. Um, but he's had success. He was an assistant under Hugs at Cincinnati. He was a head coach um, at Ole Miss. He took them to a couple of NCAA tournaments. Won the SEC one year. Um, got them ranked and kind of helped bring back the Ole Miss basketball program. And then he's obviously done an incredible job at UAB. He's had talented guys like Jelly Walker there, um, and he's been able to win there. Then you have Jared Calhoun, head coach at Youngstown State. Um, he was at WVU from 2007 to 2012. Um, obviously, he was around that Final Four team. He was director of basketball ops at WVU for four of those years and then was an assistant for one. Um, he... Went on to Fairmont State and then hasn't had the best record at Youngstown State, but everyone's saying he's done a great job for the situation he was in uh, at Youngstown State. So those are two of the names. There's also uh, Pat Kelsey's name being thrown around. He's the head coach at University of Charleston down there in South Carolina. And they've obviously they had a great, 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 great year this past year. And he's done marvelous things there. So those are three names. Just um, obviously 
three names that are outside of the program. Then there's obviously the two names that you keep hearing a lot about in Josh Eiler and Ron Everhart inside the program. There's also DeMar Johnson. I don't think DeMar Johnson would get promoted here for his first head coaching role. He was just named to the staff, what, like six months ago, it feels like. So um, I think if you stay intern internal, it's going to be Everhart or Eiler. And then I honestly think one of those three is probably one of your best chances if you're looking outside the program. Ben McCollum is another name that's been thrown around, but he's at a Division II school in Northwest Missouri State. And going from that to the Big 12 and having to go to Allen Fieldhouse, uh, I just don't see that jump being made when you're following up a dude like Hugs. Yeah, it would be tough to do that. Um, and that's why, you know, as maybe from a fan's perspective, or a student's perspective, I, I I like I just really like the resume of Andy Kennedy. Um, obviously ties to Huggins, like you said, he was an assistant for him at Cincinnati. He would he took over as the interim head coach at Cincinnati after Huggs' departure. What I like about him is his his success now. He's seventy eight and twenty five at UM, UAB, but I like his success in a Power Five conference. And I, I don't think Ole Miss is known to be some kind of basketball powerhouse. Maybe. I'll get back up with Chris Beard, but um, I like that he took them to an SEC tournament championship. Uh, to be honest with you, I didn't even know until doing some research that Ole Miss ever won a, an SEC tournament. Um, so I like his body of work, but like you said, Jared Calhoun um, is well-liked and well-respected. Um, and I guess for what he was thrown in at Youngstown State, um, he's done the job just fine. And what I like about Calhoun is that when he was the coach at Paramount State, a young Joe Missoula was there. Um, and as we know, Missoula played for Hugs and has worked his way all, all the way up to being the head coach of the Boston Celtics. But what I saw is that he credits a lot of his coaching abilities and knowledge and, and early knowledge he got from being um, the main assistant for Calhoun. He, he credits Calhoun with a lot of his success. So um, obviously it would be easy to speculate that going um, this route with one of the two people that are connected with Hugs would help the program help keep some of the NIL and some of the donors engaged and involved and excited. Um, but it's, it's tough to speculate because we're not those donors and we're not inside that program and nobody really knows um, where those donors will want to go. I know there's some that really were just keyed in on hugs and they had their belief in hugs and this roster. Um, and now that he's gone, it's hard to tell what people will do. Yeah. Going back to the Andy Kennedy point, Ole Miss has made the NCAA tournament three times since 2002. Twice that was under Andy Kennedy. So just to kind of get a grasp of what he did there at that program um, and possibly what he could be able to do, because as you say, there is a financial part to all of this. As, as everyone knows, money always talks. And there's multiple ways it's talking in this case and let's let's break that down so what i mean one is obviously there's the nil component really you don't need much else said about that besides fans have to support the program through country roads trust through that collective and if they have a belief in the program they're probably going to give more money and you could more than likely get better players that way there's also the second part of it where it's just uh, outside donors and boosters still support this program. And if they are unhappy with the man at the top of the program, 
they're going to be unhappy and not as willing, obviously, to write those checks for the program. And if there is a overwhelming consensus that they want a hugs guy, I would guess they're going to get a hugs guy. I'm not saying it's right and it's best that they have as some control or that people with money in any of these coaching situations have control over the hire. I'm just saying the reality of it is, is the status quo has been Bob Huggins. And if you change that, it's got to be a home run hire. Because if not, you're going to lose everyone that was already invested. And there's been some high-level investment. If you could not have, if you could not tell from this last offseason, there's a high-level investment in the Hugs belief. And I have a feeling if Hugs does not back this, even behind closed doors, then that person will not be hired. I'm not saying that's the right thing. I'm not saying that's the best thing. I'm just saying. That's how I see it in this whole situation. Yeah, and I, I would have to agree with you. And if for some reason somebody did get hired, like um like Kelsey out of College of Charleston or the Furman head coach or or the other man you mentioned from Division Two, um, if Rim Baker would pull that trigger and make that gigantic move, uh, the NIL support, let's just face it, would probably not be there, um, especially with people that are intertwined with Bob Huggins um, and have been – close to him and know him for years and decades. Um, I just don't see the support being there. And I could see players like Kirk Creesa, uh, maybe Jesse Edwards, Raekwon Battle um, departing the program um, because maybe maybe their, their uh, aforementioned deals or contracts, maybe if those NIL you know, donors kind of back off, maybe those don't get fulfilled and they want to take their talents elsewhere. So um, it, it's hard to tell, but I mean – I, I couldn't fault Rem Baker for for hiring a guy like Kennedy because that's your best chance of keeping those guys that you got because of NIL and and because they wanted to play for Coach Hugs. Um, but there's also a body of work there that you know WVU fans, even if he wasn't intertwined with Hugs, um, you can say, okay, this is probably a pretty good hire. He's a good current day coach. He's succeeding at his level, and he has succeeded at the Power Five level. Um, for me, that would be. That would give me some some internal rest. If you go Calhoun, um, it's more of a prove it for me, even though he's intertwined with with Coach Hugs because of his, you know, kind of 96 and 96 record at Youngstown State. I know it's not the best situation, it's not ideal. Um, but I would I would feel more at ease with Kennedy, but that's just the fan in me coming out a little bit. Yeah, for me though, what I'll say is what I am personally in favor of, and we'll get into this and then we'll look at the roster here and talk about that. But personally, I'm in favor of going the internal route. I think you should promote Eilert, keep the staff together and prioritize this year. And I say that for a couple of reasons. The first is there's already been such a large commitment to this roster. It would suck if you don't see that through because of this. And if they're telling you that they will see this through, if you stay with who's already here, I don't see why you don't do that. Secondly, let's look around the country, right? What happened at Texas last year? Rodney Terry came in, took them to an Elite Eight, 
won the Big 12 tournament. After the whole Chris Beard stuff happened middle of the year. Look around at places like Duke, hired from within. North Carolina, hired from within. Villanova, hired from within. So you have all these places around the country that have gone down the bench and not outside the building. And while Andy Kennedy and Jared Calhoun might be somewhat close to being a Huggins guy down the bench, they still haven't been here in a decade. They still haven't been here in 20 years, depending on which guy it is. So I think your best bet is to put all your chips in on this here team, see what they can do under a guy like Eilert, and then revisit this come March, come April, when you'll probably be the best job available and you'll probably have a lot more candidates to choose from. Yeah, you make a good point, and, and I can't disagree with that. Um, I just I don't know I don't know if I see it happening with this program. With I know Iard has been here since I think 2007 when Hugs got here. He's really only been an assistant coach for a year. Um, Everhart is you know is pretty up there in age, and and his main Hugs' main assistant Larry Harrison was just let go. Eric Martin just went to South Carolina State. I just I'm not sure if I see it happening, but if it did happen and you go Iward or Everhart. Um, I don't think I would be mad with that. And I, I, I do see your point in, in saying that the roster is more likely to stick together with guys that they played for last year, especially the guys like you know Seth Wilson, Trey Mitchell, Joe Toussaint, on down that line that know these guys, trust these coaches, love these coaches. Um, and obviously the, the guys coming in like Edwards, Battle, um, Creesa, Silverio, I guess you don't really know with those guys because they didn't play a whole year with, with Eilert and, and the staff and all that. Um, but if they were to go the interim route, I, I would be, I would be okay with that because of stories like Rodney Terry um, and Mark Adams taking over for Chris Beard and, and Duke and, and, and UNC there's guys that can coach that don't get their chance to be a head coach for years. Um, to Mark Adams, for instance, I know that situation didn't end, incredibly well but he didn't really get a chance up until he was in his 60s and he can really coach um so you never know with a guy like Everhart or Eilert um who hasn't gotten their chance Everhart hasn't gotten a chance in over 20 years and Eilert has never had a chance at the D1 level to be a head coach so you never know um I wouldn't be mad with that but I don't know if I see it happening but just counterpoint here and hear me out is as we said there's money is such a big player in this right Say you go outside and get an Andy Kennedy or a Jared Calhoun or whoever it may be, and they're going to not be here on a one-year basis. They are going to be sign a deal, and they're going to be your coach, hopefully for the next decade plus, right? If you lose this top-end talent, you're going to suffer come January and February. And... Will there be growing pains with that? Yes. However, will there still be as much of a financial commitment if this team struggles in year one of a new head coach because the top-end talent left? That's the that's my only pushback there is that if you are 
Andy Kennedy, and you come in here, and let's say you lose three or four of those guys. And then you go from possibly being a top four team in a very large and good Big 12 to being a middle of the road bottom feeder. You're the 10, 12 seed in the Big 12 tournament, and you don't make it March, right? Then what? That's the big question in all of this. Um, I think ideally, best case scenario, you keep the roster intact, you find your long-term guy. I just don't know if those two will be able to go hand-in-hand. Hand. Um, from the sounds of it, it sounds like Andy Kenny is the best option to do so. However, you, you just don't know until you know. Yeah, you're right. Um, I think this is, this is just such unprecedented um, territory. Um, this is just such a unique situation, and I think – um, things that have happened over the, or things that have happened or not happened over the last 48 hours show me that maybe if you get Kennedy or Calhoun, then maybe you don't lose everybody um, because nobody has transferred as of yet. And I know the big self for some of these guys or most of these guys, all of these guys is to come in and play for a Hall of Fame coach. It's how you got, I mean, as along with the NIL, that's how you get guys like Creesa and Edwards in battle because they want to play for a top tier coach the most active wins in college basketball and nobody has transferred up to up to this point and another kind of kicker is that some of your best talent would have to get a waiver even with this 30-day period for West Virginia players to transfer um, guys like Jose Perez Omar Silverio Raekwon Battle started at Washington and then Montana State um, and I believe another um, would all have to apply for waivers uh, to get out obviously the guys that haven't transferred and Jesse Edwards, who's only transferred once, um, and Kirk Creesa, they could go, and maybe you lose them. But maybe if you hire a guy like Kennedy and lose a couple, but keep some of those guys, maybe you can maybe you can build something in year one, and you don't have to wait for a couple of years. Because look at look at Creesa and Battle, for example. I mean, these two guys were in the West Coast, and they just made their move. They signed on to get probably a substantial bag here. Um, and they literally just made the move. They were just in practice last week um, for their first week coming from Montana and Arizona and Priest is from Estonia. You just settle in and you're going to go somewhere else. It's really tough. Um, and if they can get boosters and donors to keep their financial, um, you know, whatever, whatever the word I'm looking for is their financial commitment, then if I'm Priest, or battle it's tough for me to leave because i just got to the east coast um so maybe if you make the right hire um then maybe you don't lose everybody maybe you was just a couple and you can still get a top talent a talented team in the big 12 this year yeah just just from what the research i have done um the dudes who are new who can leave jesse edwards can leave i think silverio can leave um, because they are considered grad transfers. And then I think Cresha, Battle, and Perez would all be in the same situation that Jose found himself in last summer, where you're going to need a waiver for the new school. And what about Trey Mitchell, where he started at UMass, so, went to Texas? Trey, Trey is in a kind of a weird spot. There's, um, He's considered a grad transfer. He just, he, he'd be able to get around the rule, I believe the rule is like, you have to, if you're going to do it, you have to go the way he is at because he's transferred twice. If he's a grad transfer and he leaves, he has to do it a way where there's an academic offering that West Virginia doesn't have, but 
that's not hard to do, I would assume. Right. So, right. um, personally, if I had to guess, I think Trey stays. I think it's pretty okay. just because of his family being in Pittsburgh. Um, he's been here. He only has one year left. Hard to kind of realign yourself with the new program. And we're almost, and we're 10 days from July. Um, with that being said, though, we, we don't really know, right? So it's kind of a waiting game. The 30-day period has started. Um, and I think that's also another move for Ren where you've got to do something because if your guys leave, then you're also having to find new guys when the portal's closed. It's June. Um, yeah. And all that. So there, there's, there's a lot of layers to this, and we're at a place where it's just a kind of wait and see what's next. Right. I, I do believe um, that a move is going to be made here in the next, no, I really think the next couple of days, 48 hours. Um, you know, Baker's had his list. He, he, I'm sure he's caught off by some of the circumstances, but he is, he's a prepared man. Um, and I, I believe a, a move is going to get made soon. And we'll probably have to come back here for another episode and just to kind of weigh in all the stuff that's going on. I'm sure if, if a hire is made, um, that maybe the players don't like within 24 hours of that hire, we're going to see people transfer um, or, or maybe not. And we're probably going to have to run this back, but I think a decision is going to be coming soon. Um, and anxious would be the word I, I would describe this. I, this time I'm ready for, for news. Because you just, yeah, like you just want that level of, of yeah. clarity. You just want to know what's going to happen. And obviously we don't, I would, I would hope it gets done in the next week or so. Like, like you can't take another, like time is your worst enemy right now. Right. Because either way, there's going to be roster reconstruction. That'll probably have to happen. You're either going to have to figure out how to keep guys or you're going to have to replace guys. And it's June 20th. And we are like four months away from actual meaningful basketball. So you've, it's go, go, go time here if you're West Virginia and Ren Baker. So, Aaron, I'll, I'll, I kind of spoke on what I would do. I think I would go the interim route with Eilert or Everhart. What would you do if if you were in the situation and you could kind of have the control here? Um, yeah, that, that's a tough question um, because I think as uh, from a student or, or a follower of this program's perspective, you just want to keep everybody. You want to keep this t this top transfer class. You want to keep the high flyer in battle who can shoot and dunk. You want to keep Edwards, who's a premier big man that can block shots and, and rebound at a high level. And you want to keep Kirk Reese, who's the number one point guard in the country. And you have players to build up from last year. Seth Wilson, Trey Mitchell was probably the Mountaineer's second best player last year. Tucson was an incredible uh, player off the bench. you got so much to build off of and to keep the roster – the thought would be to go Iwert or Everhart, but um, I, I think for the future of this program, I would go Andy Kennedy. Um, the the wins and the wins and losses mean mean too much to me. Thirty three hundred forty four and one ninety four as a head coach. Um, he's been there, done that. He's fifty five years old, but in my opinion, he's not. Uh, he's he's not too old for the job to where like you can you can't really see um, a ceiling past five or six years because either the game's going to pass him by or health issues will come up. I don't think he's in that boat. There's, there's connections there. I believe the donors, I believe some of the donors at least will, will keep their, their commitments with Kennedy because they trust him. 
um, and they know and love Hugs, and Hugs knows and loves and trusts Kennedy so much that he took his squad down to Birmingham to play them just two years ago. Um, I would go Kennedy, but like I said earlier, with your point on Iward or Everhart uh, to keep the the roster intact, um, I don't think I'd be too upset about that. In fairness to your point on Kennedy being 55, Hugs is going to turn 70 this year. So run that back 15 years when he first got here. That's about 55. So your point, well heard. Um, it's now just a kind of wait and see. What will Ren Baker do? The spotlight is on him, magnifying glass is on him, if he wanted it or not, less than actually just a little over six months into this thing. So I'm Wesley Shoemaker, joined by Aaron Parker. Be sure to keep it locked with bluegoldsports.com, as well as follow us on Twitter uh, for all the latest news and updates. We will be sure to get you some sort of podcast um, whenever we do have information. So we appreciate you listening if you made it this far, and this is the Google Sports Podcast. <laughs>